everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Time Out with DG podcast. I am your host, Daniel Gotera. Thanks for stopping by as we wrap up this week of drama-filled Houston sports. Honestly, we had a lot going on this week, didn't we? Not a bad week, not a bad five days to relaunch this podcast, which I started back in 2019, which I'm not not rebranding per se this week, but kind of revitalizing. I guess that's the right word for it, to add some things that I wasn't expecting to put in this podcast uh, when I started it, but I think I'm going to just kind of change things up. I mean, next week we're going to expand. We're going to maybe get some interviews. We're going to have a weekly mailbag segment as, as well. You guys can ask me a bunch of questions on social media. I'll answer them here on the podcast. Just some different things. Pretty soon I'm going to add a video element to this thing. Maybe go live at some point on Periscope, you know. Just get real adventurous. Hey, it's 2021. Use all the technology at my fingertips. Uh, I appreciate the uh, folks that have downloaded the podcast so far. We had a really, really good day yesterday with our Rockets podcast, breaking down the James Harden trade. Many thanks to Ben DuBose of Rockets Wire USA Today for stopping by. I appreciate his sharing of the podcast on his social media platforms as well. I think that kind of helped the numbers a little bit. So uh, I got to send him a send him a thank you note for that. So really good day, good week so far on the podcast. We're building momentum here, man. This is uh, we're 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 gonna get back rolling on this thing. Got some really cool ideas coming up for the podcast. Like I mentioned, uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Uh, Today, we're wrapping up the week, as I mentioned. Oh, but before we get to that, some particulars and some business matters, like I always say, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, like the podcast, and give me good reviews, um, because the bosses like to see that. And, well, I like making my uh, superiors happy, uh, because that makes everybody in the building even happier. We'll put it that way. Anyway, hey, today we're wrapping up the week. As I mentioned, with Houston sports, I got a lot of topics to get to. How about those Rockets, huh? They're winning now without James Harden, which was nice to see. Very cool victory over the Spurs. I'll get into that in a second. James Harden in New Jersey for his first press conference. The Texans continue to be completely oblivious to what's going on in their city. Uh, The owner, Cal McNair, CEO Cal McNair, deciding, you know what, I I don't think I'm going to fire Jack Easterby. No, no. Even after the best player in franchise history torched my organization, no, I don't think I'm going to fire him. So he came out and said that in a report to the Houston Chronicle. Astros signing a bit international prospect. Bill O'Brien in Alabama as the new offensive coordinator. That's interesting. And I'm going to give you my NFL picks for divisional weekend in the playoffs. Some good games. Hey, last week we had a lot of good games in the NFL. I think I like I like this format of you know, expanding the playoffs, seven teams. We get three games on wild card weekend. You know, when the Texans make the playoffs again, they're probably going to be the Saturday noon kickoff um, most likely. But, you know, three games each day. I mean, it felt like I was watching college football starting at 12, going all the way to the end of the day. That was nice. I I really enjoyed that. Some good games too, except for that Brown-Steelers game. That was out of hand there at the beginning. But yeah, some good, good football games there, and hopefully we have much of the same this week. But you know how it goes sometimes. Each year, if one round of the playoffs is really good, the next round is dreadfully bad. Like, it could, it could, you're not going to have both weekends be really good, so hopefully 2021 brings us something new. Um, okay, so let's get into it right now. Rockets beating the Spurs 109-105 in a really inspired performance. And the, and the guy that I felt best for is Steven Silas. The... <laughs> 
the the man has has dealt with just just everything that he didn't ask for after taking this job. Uh, his two star players that he thought he was going to coach are not here anymore. Not only are they not here anymore, one of them uh, decided to disrespect everybody on his team. Um, but Steven Silas, man, Steven Silas, congratulations to him. You saw it on the sidelines after the game was over. He chest, he gave a chest bump to PJ Tucker. Kudos to Tucker too, by the way. I know he's not happy in this situation right now, but he even recognized because he's a professional. He recognized how much that win meant to Silas and how much effort they were putting into it. All the young guys stepping up, man. I, I thought it was a really, really great showing for the Rockets. Something to look forward to. As I said in the last podcast, I, I'm actually really excited about this team now moving forward. I, I had grown just so disheartened with that team, with James Harden there, especially this year because he, he didn't really give to you-know-whats about being on the team. Uh, his physical condition wasn't very good. He just He just had totally checked out. Uh, but now they can they can get back to basketball, focusing on basketball. And Coach Silas was wow, he was really happy after this one. Take a listen. Uh, it felt great. It felt great. I mean, not only were all those things going on, we were on a two game losing streak. So, um, you know, to get this win with nine guys and everybody on the roster, everybody who played tonight um, contributed to this team win. It feels really good. I mean, it's something to build off of for sure. We don't want to make too much out of it, but it was a shorthanded, tough-minded, gritty group that uh, found a way to win without a primary ball handler on the floor. I mean, you got a guy like Christian Wood. Christian Wood, by the way, he went off. 27 points, 15 rebounds. He was interviewed by the uh, TNT crew, Charles Barkley and Shaq afterwards. I think a lot of people are starting to recognize that this young man has a little something, man. And I think if he's in the right system, and I think this system can really play into his skill set if John Wall becomes the leader that this team needs and really work work Christian's game a little bit. I, I thought he was stellar. I mean, how about Sterling Brown, 23 points, 7 rebounds. Uh, you know, P.J. Tucker giving his effort 10 points. And then we, we – I mean, just effort all the way down the roster. I mean, it, it, was, it was fun to see. And they didn't even have Eric Gordon – they didn't have Daniel House. They didn't have John Wall. So, look, I'm not saying these guys are going to win a championship. No, they're not going to win the NBA championship. But at least they'll be a little bit more fun, a little bit more competitive. And they won't have this dark cloud hanging over them, which is which is always good for a new first-time head coach, even though he's been around this game for a long time. I mean, this is his team. He needs to mold it in his, uh, in his manner. And so I think he's going to get a chance to do that now. So we'll see what happens. I think um, – I think that could be fun, uh, a fun team to watch. I know I'm excited about it. All right, now to Harden. He is in New Jersey. Why do I keep saying New Jersey? <clears throat> Excuse me. I keep saying New Jersey. It's Brooklyn. It's Brooklyn. Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets. Uh, he's in Brooklyn. Harden holding his first press conference on Friday. Um, here's a little bit of what he was talking about. Obviously, a lot of questions were about how he left Houston and the disrespectful comments that he made. But, hey, uh, don't put it past James Harden. Uh, he didn't think they were disrespectful. I wasn't disrespectful to anyone. Um, those guys, I just got there to Houston. Um, I've been there for a very long time. I've been through all the ups and downs, um, you know, with that organization. And I wasn't disrespectful towards anyone. You know, I just made a comment, you know, that, the team as a, as a whole wasn't good enough to compete for a title. And 
you know, at the stage of my career, right where I am now, um, that's what I would love, you know. And so I wasn't trying to be disrespectful to anybody, um, especially not to the organization. And um, like I said, just I'm, I'm excited to be here in Brooklyn. Yeah, sure, James. No, no, no. They weren't disrespectful. Just ask the guys that were actually disrespected or felt disrespected by those comments. Uh, I think they've got a different take on the whole thing. So the whole press conference was just weird. He was asked about his physical condition. He, he said, great. And then he started smiling and laughing. And then at one point they was asked about what, what kind of player is Brooklyn getting? He said an elite player, an elite leader, and an elite teammate. Well, one of those three is accurate. You're batting 333 in baseball. That's pretty good. Just ask any baseball player. One of three ain't bad. One of three ain't bad. They're definitely not getting a leader or a good teammate. Maybe he'll be a good teammate with Kevin Durant. Maybe he'll be better now in a situation that uh, he's uh, he's in. Um, but it, it was just so strange to hear him talk and to see all the logo, different logo in the background. It's just It's just the way the league is now, man. I mean, these guys... We saw it with Anthony Davis. We saw it with Kawhi Leonard. I mean, these guys just force their way out of situations that they don't want to be in. And I, I mean, I get it. And teams don't want to deal with the drama and don't want to pay guys that they don't want to play. Um, but man, after a while, a, a message has to be sent. No, like, don't you think a message has to be sent here and be like, no, no, you're not going to get your way. If we don't find the perfect trade, you're going to sit down right there on that bench. Luckily, I think the Rockets, while it wasn't perfect as far as like current players that can help them on this roster right now to compete for a championship this year, I think adding a guy like Victor Oladipo could be good if he stays healthy. Uh, so it wasn't the perfect trade, but it was really good, especially with the draft capital that they got. But, I mean, talking about Harden, I mentioned uh, that Rockets game last night was on TNT. <laughs> Boy, I got to give credit to Shaquille O'Neal. I think uh, I think Shaq put it best, man. He, they were talking about Harden, the trade, and I'll just play you the soundbite. It's been circulating around the internet. But he, Shaq was asked about what he thought about Harden leaving and the way he left and saying that he was, you know, gave it all for the championship, for the city. It was so perfect. This, this is what Shaq had to say. You know, when you say you, you gave the city your all, that ain't true. And I'm about to say some things, and keep in mind, I have G14 classification to say these things. Uh, you asked for Dwight Howard, we gave him to you. Didn't work out. You asked for Chris Paul, we gave him to you. We asked for some, you asked for some shooters, we gave it to you. We asked for Westbrook, your homeboy from Little League, we gave him to you, didn't work out. And when you say, I gave you everything, I say, no, you didn't. Because the last five games, when it comes to elimination, you're one in four. You've been shooting 41%, 24% from three, uh, 32, assists, uh, 32 assists and 27 turnovers. I used to be like James. I used to come home and complain, man, he didn't do it, and my father, rest in peace, Sergeant Philip Harrison used to say, but what the hell did you do? He ain't do nothing. He ain't step up when, when he was supposed to step up. So, you know, when you're the man and you make all the money, you make 30, 40 million a year, it's a big responsibility. Chuck has said this many times. When you're the man, you got a big responsibility. It's all on you. So when it comes time to show up, he ain't show up. So I know a lot of people in Houston, glad he's gone. So now he's he got his little super team. He got to win this year. If he don't win this year, it's a bust, period. And if there's one guy, and if there's one guy that can speak truth like that, it's guys like Shaq, Charles Barkley. They always kept it real. Um, and, and he's right. I mean, Harden, Harden failed to deliver. Uh, a championship, and it was largely his fault. Uh, even though he was a great player, it was largely his fault. He, 
the the team never really had that that strong uh the strong I keep saying the word leader but that's what it is they never had that and he was supposed to be it and never was so we'll see if he goes on to win something with Brooklyn if not it wouldn't be surprising to many because I think that's just going to be his legacy great offensive player maybe not win a championship we've seen a lot of those guys um and that might be where Harden fits in at the end of all of this uh, okay, switching gears, Texans. Texans drama continues. Um, John McClain, Houston Chronicle reporting, talking to Cal McNair, uh, asking him point blank, are you going to fire Jack Easterby? Especially after the week that has been in Texans football. you got to fire Jack Easterby. There's no question to me that you have to fire the guy, especially when Andre Johnson comes out and just just destroys the whole franchise. No, no, no. Cal McNair said no. He's not planning on firing him. And he doesn't believe that Jack Easterby's going to step down. So good old Jack, he's going to stay around for a little bit. The culture coach going to continue to ruin that culture over there off of Kirby. Uh, it seems like I, I, it's just so they're so oblivious to what's going on. I mean, the whole fan base is completely turned off. Former players are turned off. Current players are turned off. But I just think they, they want to. Soldier on, as they say. Um, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. I mean, Cal went on to tell John McClain in that article in the Chronicle that, you know, he understands the passion that Andre has and says that they're all passionate about uh, winning and he takes the blame for any miscommunication there's been had for the uh, the issues with Deshaun and he apologizes, so he'll take all the blame, but... I mean, he shouldn't have to take... Well, he should take some of the blame. Yes, this is partly on him, but um, there's a guy right there that you can fire yesterday. You could have fired him yesterday, and it would have solved a lot of your problems. It would have, it would have like the Rockets trading hard, it would have just lifted this cloud that's over this team right now. More importantly, not just with the fan base, with the players inside the building. doesn't seem like anybody enjoys Jack Easterby, aside from Brandon Cooks, who had a relationship with him in New England. But I don't think anybody else likes him in that building. And it was just completely dysfunctional. All they have to do is get rid of him. It's okay. That guy's going to land on his feet somewhere else. It's not like you're losing a Hall, of a Hall of Fame asset in Jack Easterby. I just don't understand the reliance and the willingness to keep him around. I, I, I'm never going to understand that. Um, and it's, it's just wild that the Texans are here. I... I I wonder what Nick Casario is going to do. Um, obviously, he's got a relationship with Jack Easterby too, so it'll be it'll be odd for him to let go of his good friend. But I mean, man, this is a dog eat dog world. You've been hired by the Texans to fix this mess, and he's the one person that's standing in the way from at least you know mending fences uh, in that building. So he's got to go. I don't know if Casario can make that move. I don't know if that's a conversation that he needs to have with Cal one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but that's got, that's got to happen. Jack has got to go. That's for sure for this franchise to move forward uh, without this disillusionment from the franchise, from the fan base. That's And that's exactly what they have right now. All right, Astros signing Pedro Leon from Cuba, the outfield prospect. Uh, the, uh, not much to add here. He's a good player. Uh, he's ranked seventh internationally amongst prospects, according to whatever uh, um, whatever rankings you check out online. Um, the, the one thing that caught my attention with this was the announcement uh, 
on Twitter when they started posting pictures of the signing. They got him signing on the table, and that was a happy moment for the kid. Signed a $4 million contract. And then they show him in a number four jersey. Pretty sure somebody else wore number four for a long time here. His name is George Springer. So wait, is, is that pretty much a sign that George is not going to sign here? I mean, he's not going to sign here. We all know that George Springer's not coming back. But I just... I just thought that that was kind of interesting to post a picture of your new signing in George Springer's uniform. Maybe it was because he signed a $4 million contract. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, regardless, it, it, it's not a good look to just give him uh, a guy, his jersey, who has meant so much to this team over the last couple of years. I, 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 somebody did not, Somebody did not pay attention to to that um well i don't know let's see if uh leon keeps number four um but yes no i don't think george springer's coming back he's probably going to the mets um i just think he needs uh, a new a new location new scenery he was fantastic here he's a legend here wouldn't be surprised if they retire his number four at some point here in houston with the astros everybody loves him um but I, I, th I thought that was funny. I laughed when I saw that, that's for sure. Uh, Bill O'Brien going to Alabama. New offensive coordinator under Nick Saban. Saban's newest reclamation project, right? Bill O'Brien leaving here um, in one of the worst ways possible and having done to the Texans what he did in the shape that he left them in. Uh, now he goes to Alabama. Steve Sarkeesian was so good. And it's kind of hard to judge people that come from Alabama, right? I mean, they got so much talent. So much talent. Nine, 10, 11 guys from that offense probably going to get drafted or they're going to get a shot in the NFL um, with Steve Sarkeesian, especially this year. I mean, that offense was so good. And that's usually the case. I mean, they got so many weapons up and down the roster. So it's kind of like not to take anything away from the coordinators, but you, if you've got a sound system, this, this, this should work. So we'll see what happens with Bill O'Brien going over there. Uh, Nick Saban was asked about this. Uh, before the Bear Bryant Awards this week, uh, an award in which he won, by the way, for best head coach in the country. It's awarded here in Houston. Usually a huge gala. This year is all virtual. Um, but Nick Saban was asked about Bill O'Brien. This is what he had to say. And I think he did a really good job, you know, in Houston um, when he was the head coach. I think when he became the general manager, you know, maybe, you know, things didn't go exactly like he, he, he would have liked uh, trying to have both roles, but having been a head coach in that league, um, I know how difficult it is to do both of those things, uh, probably impossible. Um, so based on the body of work up until then, I think he's an outstanding coach and a really good person. He's got a great family. Um, and I think he'll do a great job with our players here. Um, I've always tried to have the best knowledge and experience I can for our players and their development. And I certainly think he can contribute to that in a very positive way. So there's Saban hoping to uh, just give another guy a, another opportunity at a, at a job, uh, whether it be in college or the NFL. And uh, look, it just didn't work out here for Bill, man. I, I have to agree with Saban. It, it, the coaching decisions were always there. The coaching questions were always there. But then when he, he got full reign of the roster, general manager, I mean, that that's when the whole thing just came crashing down and um, lost, I think, lost the locker room a little bit. And um, it just it just didn't work out from there. But maybe, maybe Bill, if he's just focused on play calling, focused on what he's doing, can be a, uh, a pretty good offensive coordinator there at Alabama. I, I just... 
I wonder if he's going to be in the booth. Maybe he's going to be in the booth. Probably. But, you know, we saw Bill on the sidelines in New England as well. So we'll see what he decides to do there if he decides to be on, on the sidelines of the booth. If he's on the sidelines, you know he and Nick Saban are going to get into it every now and then, and that's going to be must-watch TV. So maybe that's the only reason you want to watch Alabama games is to see whether or not they uh, um, those two get into it. So I, I thought that's going to be a, an interesting partnership, to say the least. I, there's a lot of folks around here that don't like Alabama already, so they're kind of hoping that Bill O'Brien goes over there and messes that whole thing up. That's a well-oiled machine. Not one person can mess that situation up because Nick Saban has has got his program so strong over there. But um, I think uh, I think it's, it's interesting. It's going to be an interesting hire. I, look, I, I've always... You know, every time I criticize people, obviously it's in the sports realm, right? Whenever, you know, when I criticize people, I know there's there's folks that like to take shots at, at character and um, who the person is truly. I, I think that's very unfair. Uh, we see a lot of national pundits take shots at, oh, this guy, is, he doesn't care and this and that and uh, his character. I mean, when it comes to... Uh, people's involvement within the sports world, I think it's fair game. They're public figures. They're worth criticizing. They make a lot of money. They deserve to be criticized sometimes. I- I'm down for criticizing them then. but uh, And that's the case with Bill O'Brien. All my criticism of Bill O'Brien had to do with on the field and the moves that he made uh, within that building. But as a person, especially with me, Bill was always great. Uh, I'll, I will always be grateful for the time that he took Spend some uh, spend some quality minutes with me to talk about Special Olympics and how much it means to him when we put together a special for Special Olympics about what three years ago, two or three years ago, I think. Uh, I want to say no, that's gonna be three years. Oh my gosh, time really flies. Where does it, where's the time go? Uh, but anyway, he sat down and talked about his son and uh, what it means to his family about Special. He's really involved and in it loves that organization, and so he's a, he's a good man. He's a good father, good uh, good husband. Um, just it just didn't work out in Houston, so we'll see if he if he gets another chance. Uh, uh, redemption, Bill O'Brien redemption tour stops through Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Okay, NFL picks. Let's take a look at the NFL picks for the divisional round this week. Um, got some good games, like I mentioned. Let's take a look here. Let me pull this up real quick. Uh, let's see. What do we got? What do we got? Uh, all right. Here we go. First game up is Rams versus Packers. Rams, Packers. Uh, Jared Goff will start that game for the Rams. Um, it's in Green Bay. Don't know what the weather is going to be. You know what? That defense, though, is playing really well. Huh. God, I, I gotta go with I gotta go with Green Bay. I'm tempted, boy. I'm tempted to take the Rams because defense travels. But uh, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. He's playing so good. I don't think the Rams have enough firepower to compete with the Packers at the end of the day. I'm going Packers in that game. The number one overall seed in the NFC. So I'm gonna pick the Packers there. The late game, Bills Ravens. Bill, this this is gonna be a good one. Bills Ravens in Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo 11 and three in home playoff games in team history. Ravens coming off a great win against Tennessee. They're playing some really solid football right now. Question is what what is uh, Josh Allen gonna bring? I mean, he showed he showed his development. He showed his maturity last week in that game against Indianapolis. I like that Buffalo team. It's a great story. Um, 
it's a toss-up for me, man. But I think if this were in any other time, in any other time with a full stadium, with a full um, grouping of fans, I'd take Buffalo. Um, but I, I, I think the Ravens have a chance of pulling this upset, man. They're playing really good football. Lamar Jackson's confident that defense was flying around last week against Tennessee, holding Derrick Henry to, what, 40 yards? Well, I'm going to go with the upset here. I'm going to go Baltimore. Sorry, Bills fans. I'm going to go Baltimore. So Saturday picks, Packers over Rams, Ravens over Bills. Uh, Sunday, Chiefs will beat the Browns. That's that's not a question. Uh, Andy Reid's 7-0 career record as head coach against the Browns. Uh, the Chiefs will win. They are my Super Bowl pick. I know that's a cop-out. I understand that. But top to bottom, they have the best roster. They have the best player. And Patrick Mahomes, uh, he may not be the MVP because of what Aaron Rodgers has done this season, but um, the Chiefs at home. Browns are really good. Uh, they're going to be really good for years to come. They got a, an amazing ground game, um, but I, I just think the Chiefs are going to be too much. But if the Browns can control the ball, they can they can they can make this a game late, and then I think anything can happen. But I think the experience Mahomes over Mayfield is uh, is the a deal breaker in that. So Chiefs over the Browns. And then I think the uh, game of the weekend, Saints and Buccaneers, um, although it hasn't really played out that way during the season, the Saints just torched Tampa earlier this year. Funny story, by the way, I mentioned Tampa. Okay, so this is totally not related to NFL picks, but I'm going to get into this because going back to college, when I went to Northwestern, in case you didn't know, that's where I went, um, I was in the uh, Medill School of Journalism. And in Medill, anybody you talk to that went to journalism school at Northwestern, it's known, it's known all by everybody that the one thing that you will get when you're at Northwestern in the journalism school is called a Medill F. The Medill School of Journalism gives Medill Fs. Okay, that is given for when you make an error in any of your journalistic writings, in stories, or if there is a factual error that's made. So in my case, I got a Medill F. And if somebody tells you that went to Northwestern's journalism school that they did not get a Medill F, they're lying to you. They're lying to you right to your face. Because I got a Medill F, and it had to do with Tampa, the city of Tampa. So I wrote this, I don't know, random news article that I had to write in school. Um, <laughs> it, it was totally I don't even know what it was about. I think it was just some kind of uh, practice article, but we had to turn it in. We had the uh, the byline, the date, and where the city, you know, all the stuff that it, that uh, comes in a in an article that's written you see in a newspaper. This was my freshman year at, at NU. So anyway, I turned it in. I, I was pretty proud of it. I was like, okay, well, I, I'm I didn't I didn't mess up on anything here. Turn it in, get it back. Big old F off the top, and I'm like, what the heck happened? I'm looking through, looking through. There are no markings on it. The teacher didn't. The professor, I say teacher. The professor uh, didn't. Didn't make any markings on it. So I go I, I go ask her. I'm like, hey, why did I get an F on this? She pulls down a map. Swear to you. Swear to you this happened. She pulls down a map. We go to the map. And she says, hey, can you point out Tampa Bay for me on this map? And I point to Tampa. Tampa Bay. And she goes, okay. That's Tampa Tampa Bay. And I said, yeah, what, what's wrong? I put Tampa, because but what I had done was I had put Tampa Bay as my locator in the article, Tampa Bay, Florida. And she said, well, Tampa Bay is a body of water. This story did not happen on that body of water. It happened in Tampa. So because I put Tampa Bay and not Tampa, I got an F. So there you go. 
Uh, from that point forward, I have never referred to the city as Tampa Bay because I kept thinking of sports, right? I, mean, I grew up my whole life watching sports, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and uh, any other sports team that was there. I thought, okay, well, the Tampa Bay, well, that's what it is. Nope. They gave me an F because I put Tampa Bay and not Tampa. Uh, can't believe it. Anyway, I digress. Back to the matter at hand. Buccaneers and Saints. This is in New Orleans. Although Tom Brady's on the Bucs, I've got to go with the Saints. Saints dismantled the Buccaneers earlier this year. Although I don't think it's going to be that lopsided. The Saints are playing some good football right now. They didn't really get tested last week against the Bears because the Bears are a joke. Um, they only made it because it was a 17 playoff. And um, But I think the Saints are, are, are a great team. I think it's going to be Saints-Chiefs in the Super Bowl, uh, which is going to be an awesome game. That's going to be a great game. One last ride for Drew Brees. Uh, I'm such a big fan of Drew Brees, man. I, I, I love the guy. I like Tom Brady, too, but I think Drew Brees is a stand-up guy. Um, he's, always, he's always done so much for that city in New Orleans. I think earlier this year he uh, he was treated so poorly with some of the comments that he made about the national anthem and standing up for it, telling the story of his grandfather's. Again, that's a whole other podcast if we ever get there, but um, I love Drew Brees. I root for him all the time, so I'm going with Saints. So there you go. There are my four picks. I'm going Packers. Ravens, Chiefs, and Saints. Uh, so that should be a pretty good championship weekend uh, next week. Anyway, that'll do it for me this week for this podcast episode. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you. I appreciate the love and the support and all the great comments so far on this. Um, we're rolling. We're getting this thing going. Uh, we've got some good content coming up uh, next week. I'm going to start the mailbag. We're going to do some fun things. I'm going to try to have my wife on, even though she competes for a different station. <laughs> She's on a different station. I'm going to try to have my wife on. It's going to be fun times. We're going to have a good time on this podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Much love to all you guys. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday. Peace. See you later.